This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. I'd be lying if I say in LA they're they're not big hockey fans there. Obviously, obviously they have the the Kings fans there that are that come to the games that are loyal. But uh, it's different being in Canada, and uh, yeah, you do miss it. And uh, it's always cool when you when you play in, in Canada and on the road. Obviously, now I'm going to be playing in Canada all the time, so it's uh, definitely pretty cool. I, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited to be back in Canada. Um, my girlfriend's from from SoCal, so I'm not sure how excited she is, but she's going to find out soon. <laughs> so, but, uh, no, it's been, it's been good in LA. It was really nice. Obviously living at the beach is cool, but, uh, at the end of the day, I, I'm a hockey player and it's, uh, it's just business going to play hockey. Gabe Velarde, Jets center winger. We'll see, uh, uh, speaking there, uh, being introduced to the to the fans, uh, the media uh, earlier today at around ten thirty. I was, to, lots, I, was oh, I was in Los Angeles last August and I hated it. It's awful there. <laughs> yeah, the sun, <laughs> the sand, the yeah, beach. Yeah, it's miserable. That's for sure. Um, Brock Otten's going to be joining us, of course. It's NHL Draft Day. We're going to have extensive coverage right here on six eighty CJOB. Brock is the director of scouting with McKean's twenty twenty three draft guide. A, a top guy, really, really dialed in. He's going to be joining us. Uh, after 12.30 as well. well. We'll spend some time continuing to uh, unpack uh, the trade last night uh, that uh, saw the Winnipeg Jets acquire this guy, Gabe Velarde, joining us right now here on 680 CJOB. Uh, hey, Gabe, how's it going? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. good. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining is us. That, is that weird hearing you in that clip, considering you just said that like an hour and a half and now I'm playing it on the sports show? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like I don't like listening to myself talk. <laughs> See, I had to get over that so early on in this career. <laughs> ne- ne- neither do we, Gabe. So when we do air checks here, we're like, "That's not me. That doesn't sound like me at all." Does, uh, is my voice that high? Uh, just give us your initial thoughts on being a Winnipeg Jet. I know you spoke about it about uh, ninety minutes ago, but um, Winnipeg Jets, lots of opportunity for a young player like yourself to come in. Uh, what was your your thoughts around the deal when you heard about it? Yeah, you just said it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a good opportunity for me and hopefully get, uh, you know, more playing time and just kind of continue to, to develop my game and, and get better. And uh, like I said earlier, just living in Canada again, that's uh, pretty cool. I'm, I'm from Ontario and uh, it's going to be cool to be living in Canada again, yeah. What, what do you know about Winnipeg? You got any connections, any family or anything like that? No, I don't know uh, much about Winnipeg, to be honest. No connections there. I just, I know uh, Stan plays on the team there, Logan Stanley. Played with him in junior. Uh, other than that, don't really know any of the guys and uh, don't know much about Winnipeg. But it's good that, uh, you know, we're traded in with other guys. You know, I'm coming with Ayafalo and, and Kupari, so it makes it a little easier for us to kind of transition, hopefully get comfortable a little faster. Talk about your season last year, Gabe, because Kevin Chevaldeoff talked about acquiring you and mentioned your your injuries, you know, earlier in your career and how that can derail your development. Um, and I kind of, having covered the game for a long time, I agree with that. Like, it's just, it's hard totally. when you're not on the ice. I think Cole Perfetti is a Jet that has, you know, would be well advanced if if he could get through a full season, which he's unfortunately had two seasons of injuries as well. Where are you in your game, do you think? And And the ceiling being quite high, where do you think you can go? 
Yeah, he said it's very tough to deal with injuries, especially, you know, early in your career when you're kind of at that development stage. Um, similar to Cole, I had a lot of injuries my first, first few years after the draft there. But uh, I think my game's still got a, a long way to go. I think I really worked on uh, my defensive uh, defensive game last year and, and the year before that. It was something that they really um, were hard on me about, and I think I got better at that. And uh, I think I, I got more to go offensively as well. I definitely play I can create more and uh, and score more. So I just got to keep working, and hopefully I can uh, continue to develop and, and help the Jets moving forward. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Todd uh, McLennan, the head coach of the of the Los Angeles Kings, being hard on you in, in your defensive game. Uh, you know, we, we 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 take positives and negatives from from mentors in our lives. Um, what, what did you learn the most from him? I think just uh, honestly, like the defensive part of my game. Honestly, just yeah. uh, he really preach. You know, you can be a difference maker out there even when you're not scoring goals or producing offensively. I think that's something early in my career, you know, if I wasn't scoring or, or, or I wasn't putting up the points, I was getting down and maybe giving up uh, a lot of, like, defensively wasn't playing as well. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest thing I, I, I took away from my time in L.A. Where do you see yourself fitting in here, and, and, and where do you sort of see the Jets right now? Because this top six, it's changed without Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, Blake Wheeler might not be here, but there's Kyle Connor. There's there's Nick Ehlers. When when you look at this roster, Gabe, and you've had some time to digest this, um, it, it could be pretty exciting for a guy like you to to fit into this top six somewhere. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. I think uh, Jets were, were really good last year. I mean, they were they were close. I thought uh, I watched that series against Vegas. I thought they were pretty good at the start, and then I think they had some injuries there, right, during the playoff run, or no? Yeah, Shifley was banged up, and they Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey left the series as well. So yeah. they did. Um, they they got that sort of bug early in the series. Yeah, no, they they got to a lot of really good players, and uh, I'm I'm just excited to wherever wherever I slot in, whether it's top six center, winger, or or bottom six. I just want to contribute in uh, however uh, however I can. What do you? Um, but yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you off there. What do you see yourself like a winger or a center? What would you like to be if you had your choice? I really think I can play both. To be honest, um, wherever wherever they want me, um, I feel comfortable at center. I think uh, as a winger, I think I can kind of bring more offensively. Uh, um, I found that honestly this year. I think that was the biggest difference from switching to, to center to wing. Um, but at the same time, I think my my game's kind of matured. Uh, I wasn't center. I was center early in my career, and then they switched me to wing just because we ended up getting to know. And then we had a lot of center prospects, and I think it was able to help me in, in my offensive game, and obviously uh, helped me a little bit defensively. But like I said, I think my game's matured, and I'm I'm better in the defensive zone than I was uh, earlier in my career. So I think I can play both. I, I you know I'm sure you you saw and heard the clip of Rick Bonus upset with the team and and the lack of pushback. You know, uh, there was a, a large group of fans that agreed with that assessment uh, with the Winnipeg Jets last year. I mean, putting yourself in the situation here, um, I mean, first of all, how do you feel about that? And and what are you going to try to do to sort of maybe correct that um, that opinion about about how the team played in the in the last final months? Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't comment on that really. I mean, I wasn't on the team obviously, but I'm gonna always give it 100. percent I'm always gonna try my best and think I'm a very hardworking person. So, 
I'm uh, going to play hard. I mean, I'm not someone that runs around killing guys or anything like that, but I think I do play hard, and uh, I'm going to continue to do that, yeah. When you get traded, uh, I think you had a great perspective earlier. People might think of this today as the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, but really you could, you know, in a couple of years, maybe even this year, make it the Velarde trade, the Ayafalo trade, the Kapari trade. Um, what's it like coming with those two, and what do you think they add to a roster? Yeah, definitely definitely makes it easier on all of us, obviously coming uh, as a trio. Um, I think both those guys are, are really good guys off the ice uh, firsthand, and uh, they both work extremely hard. I uh, played with with Alex a lot this year. He's a very good guy to play with, very easy to play with. He's uh, very smart. Um, you kind of always know what you're going to get from him kind of thing. Uh, he's very consistent. And uh, I think Raz is he's very fast. He's a speedy guy. He can create a lot off the rush. And uh, I think uh, he's still pretty young, too. He's got uh, more growing to do. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're all excited. Talked with... Uh, with Alex, he's excited. I haven't talked with Raz yet, but uh, good. Like I said, it's good that we're all going, all, all three of us. Makes things easier. Where do you like to play on the power play? You know, I, I can kind of play everywhere. I, I'm really just, uh, I, I played the flank always growing up and, and junior, and then I turned pro and I kind of just was thrown into a bunch of different <laughs> scenarios. And I think uh, I was on the, the net front last year in the bumper position. Uh, I kind of, worked on that it didn't really change but i was on the flank always before before last year so i can really play everywhere obviously i'm not going to be quarterback and they got they got more seats for that and play anywhere else so. <laughs> yeah front of the net grinding it out eh? that kind of stuff. well it's your hands yeah. that have impressed me over your career uh gabe yeah. um especially playing against the jets like in in close i, I know you probably don't want to get specific with your game but you know your game and, and i think you got great hands in close as well so that's a benefit especially on the power play yeah, no, for sure. Something I, I work on a lot, just uh, in tight, like you said, getting pucks up over the goalie shoulder quick. And I, I think I uh, am pretty good at the net front there. So we'll, we'll see where uh, where they slot me. But like I said, I can pretty much play anywhere. Uh, I mean, thoughts on Canada Life Center? I mean, you you, you played here before. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the atmosphere? Because you're going to have to get used to that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I remember, I think both games were packed. I mean, uh, the fans, it, it's it, its different, you know, playing in Canada. I mean, California is uh, it's great living there. It's great everything, you know, but it's different than, than being in Canada where people, you know, live and live and die by hockey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, its going to be fun and it's going to be cool to have that, that passion uh, about the game. So I'm excited for that. Um, and uh, my final question here for you, and you know, it's it's no surprise the challenges here with with Winnipeg and and holding on to and, and acquiring uh, you know keeping restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, and all that sort of thing. I'm not going to ask you <laughs> if you're going to be looking to sign a, a seven year or eight year deal. This it's not my first of all, it's not my place to ask that. But if everything came together and, and you really enjoyed it in Winnipeg, would it be a, would it be a place you considered staying long term? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously. Uh... <laughs> I'm RFA right now, and we'll we'll see how that uh, kind of plays out over the the next few weeks. Um, most part is just all, all my agent. I don't really do much in that, but uh, absolutely, I'd uh, if the team wants me, then uh, I want to be there. Kind of thing. It's at the end of the day, like I said it earlier, we're all we're all hockey players, but at the end of the day, 
I mean, whether I'm living in, in Winnipeg or California, if I got my family and, and people that, that I care about are with me, then uh, we'll make it work. But there's pros and cons to wherever you live. So, so it goes. We'll cut out that last part so Shovel Day Off will just open up the bank for you. <laughs> eight or nine oh, sheets. Yeah. How does that sound? Eight or nine sheets. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll let you, we'll let you go. come here first, Gabe. This has been awesome. We really appreciate it. And honestly, congratulations. Uh, I thought that was a great perspective. You said that, you know, there's a team out there that wants me and there's a lot of opportunity here for you. And I, I really look forward to seeing you on the ice and what you can do with this opportunity in a Jets uniform. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. Jets forward. One of the newest members of the Winnipeg Jets, Gabe Velarde, joining us now. Uh, great conversation there. Absolutely. We've got to take a break. On the other side, when we come back, more to get into. Hey, it's NHL Draft Day. Um, we'll get into it. Brock Otten, Director of Scouting, McKean's uh, 2023 Draft Guide. Uh, that's a big, big article when it comes to taking a look at the draft. Of course, we'll continue to look back at the big trade that came down yesterday. And Jim, just 10 seconds, thoughts on uh, conversation there with Gabe. I, I've liked him for a while. I've told mm-hmm. you this. Even before um, last year, I think I mentioned to you while I was watching yeah. him play a couple games that, that he's a really exciting you know player for the LA Kings and where they're going with their team. So I think it's a great get. We'll get into the trade a little later, but I've been a, I've been a real fan of his, especially last year after, like you said, he suffered some injuries and, and it really derails your development. But I think this could be... I'm not going to put too much pressure on him and say a home run, but where he's trajecting to and that kind of attitude, I really think this is a great get. When we talked LA Kings two, three weeks ago, and everyone sort of mentioned Byfield, I was like, I I literally said to you, I like Velarde better than Byfield. I I felt exactly the same way. I felt exactly the same way. Not uh, knocking Byfield, but... Yeah, no, but it's it's this talk about... Like his net presence. That's what Bonus talked about so much last year. You know what? And and you you talk about guys being injury prone. I don't ever buy into that, especially guys young in their career. You know, Sidney Crosby, uh, Steven Stamkos, those are guys who had that label for a while. And guess what? Nobody even talks about that anymore. That's not even a concern. We will be right back. More Jets at noon after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. It's been a while, boys. Back to Jets at noon. Look at this guy. Look at this guy over here. It's been like a full week, I think. Something like that, yeah. Look at that guy over there wearing a Seahawks hat. You know, he's been off doing national coverage on one of the biggest stories probably in the history of Manitoba, and he's just too good uh, to show up here. So That's, That's just... Horrifically untrue that I'm. I'll too tell good you for what. You. First and foremost, in all seriousness, you did phenomenal work covering that uh, story in the Carberry crash um, for a long time. On a less serious note, though, Skyler, when you shave and actually do your hair and clean up a bit, you, you looks nice. Eh? You bring a little something yeah. to the station. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. <laughs> Date night tonight. Can you tell that I'm not ready though? Look at this. You bring a little date night. That, you know, that's yeah. that's well, your that's a part I'm of your allure. I would shine up for tonight. Like yeah. when you went national, no, no. I, I would I would shine up a little bit for tonight. You'll listen, you'll do okay. I listen, think. this this is you, <laughs> Skylar. This is you, and there needs to be an acceptance of that at some point. Like the six day this six is day you. stubble. That's right. That's who I am. Because listen, she's gonna have to get used to that at some point. Yeah. It, like the day is shining up every single day. Those event, those those eventually. I'm fade. not on TV. Like I don't need to look nice. Right? Nobody get, knows what I look like. What are you getting married tonight? No. Or are you just? What do you mean? 
shine like I'm just a telling i'm just telling you shine anyways like, skylar yeah, thank and, you so and much if you need advice to date it's from us two for sure yeah, yeah like write this down oh yeah i'm <laughs> yeah. an expert yeah i'm just gonna <laughs> for Jake, can you, uh, save this recording and yeah, i'll just yeah, i got a list of stuff <laughs> I can save help it, you out take with. it out back put it in a bin and just burn <laughs> it because it's not going to help anybody but yeah. looking to get married tonight is a lot of yeah. players to their teams and yeah, they're happy bedard day. Ab- absolutely happy bedard day to the chicago blackhawk fan here at the station skylar peters bye-bye um, and a very busy guy today. Very, very appreciative of him uh, popping on the program. Uh, the director of scouting with the McKean's 2023 draft guide, uh, Brock Otten, uh, a big publication when it comes to uh, taking a look at this. And, and Brock is so gracious with his time to join us now. Hey, Brock, how are you doing? Good, man. It sounds like uh, the weather here in Nashville is a little better than you guys got with your tornado watch, I just heard. Yeah, it is, <laughs> yeah. actually. But well, <laughs> well, I'm sitting here yeah. chatting to you guys from, uh, from a park just outside the arena. It's beautiful. So I'm thinking about you guys as, as we chat. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Brock bringing the heat where right you, away. Where do you spend your winters, Brock? Because hey, you can we, really rub it in when I call you in the, January. The Jets just made a trade. They'd like to re-sign a couple of these guys. So keep the weather talk to a, a minimum, okay, Brock? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, listen, I mean, there's been all this talk about this draft. And this is a question because everybody likes to say, oh, this is a real deep draft. This draft is really deep. And I have absolutely no doubts that it, that it is. I mean, when you look at the list of, of the top prospects here, the top five, the top six, the top 10, um, these guys have real potential to be NHLers and really, really good NHLers. Um, but, you know, maybe put it in perspective. I mean, I know you, I know you can't get into a time machine and look back on this in five years, but, but how do you view this draft as a whole when you compare it to some of the other really good ones? Yeah, I think I agree with what you just said. I, I think when you look back at a, at a draft five or ten years down the line, it's really measured by the amount of star, star talent that comes out of it, right? Mm. It, yes, depth is incredibly important, but that's not what people remember, right? They remember the number of, of all-stars and star players that come out of a draft class. And when you look at this top eight specifically, I mean, each one of those guys has a chance to be a really good NHL player for a really long time. And I think that... The depth is great, but the top-end talent is even better. Um, and Bedard, obviously, is is a potential generational-type talent. And, and that's why this draft class is viewed so highly. So we're going to focus on 18th, because as of right now, that's where the Jets pick. And uh, first of all, I want to get your thoughts. Well, two-part question, Brock. Uh, how well do the Jets draft, in your mind, over the 12 years since they've been here in Winnipeg? And then who are you looking at for around the 18th pick? Yeah, I think the the first answer to that is the Jets draft as well as any other team does, really. I mean, there have been some hits, there have been some misses. Uh, I like what they did last year specifically. I think Roger McGordy was a player that, yeah, there were some concerns over his skating ability, but he's somebody whose power game does likely play well. And getting Brad Lambert as late as they did in the first round looks like a really good pick now with how well he played uh, with Seattle down the stretch there in the WHL and the playoffs. So he looks like he's kind of figured it out and, that looks like a great pick, and they've done a good job of, I uh, will not say replenishing the talent pool, but you know, making a steady contribution to it. As for 18, uh, I think I see the Jets sort of going in two ways. Uh, I think, one, they might look to target sort of an offensively-oriented defender. Um, I think of a guy like Axel Sandin Pelika out of Sweden as maybe a top target. They have drafted out of Sweden in recent years and had some success doing that. Um, and then, you know, maybe looking at, filling Dubois' shoes as sort of a power center down the middle. Yes, they did bring back Gabe Velarde in that trade, but um, Velarde obviously does come with some injury concerns. And I think when you look at last year's draft specifically, I, 
I don't know if Brad Lambert's going to stick down the middle or if he's going to be more of a winger at the NHL level. So if they can get an opportunity to draft somebody like a Nate Danielson or an Oliver Moore, uh, if they end up falling past that 18 range or to that 18 range, I think that could be something that the Jets look at. Uh, what a bit on, on, on defense. I mean, they, the Jets do have some defensive prospects coming up, but they don't have a guy that I would just highlight as like the top prospect. I mean, you see Elias Solomonson. There's potential there that he could eventually develop into that guy. But if a defenseman does fall and, and the Jets do go in that direction, what are some guys that maybe uh, the fans and, and perhaps even me, uh, uh, we could look up for? Uh, so... I would say Sandin Pelica is the top name to watch for. He's somebody that I do expect to sort of go in that range. He was the first name that I just mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. He's a really good mobile puck mover out of Sweden, um, has sort of been hyped all season long and has maintained that hype with some strong play internationally at the World Juniors as a double underager at the U18s. Um, so he's one guy I could see Winnipeg really targeting. Other than that, it just depends on how the chips fall. Mm-hmm. Tom Willander is another Swede that I really, really like. I think he has the opportunity to be maybe the best defender of this class or one of the top defenders of this class. But his stock has sort of skyrocketed leading up to the draft. There's a lot of talk that he kind of goes in that like top 13 or 14 range now, which would put him out of range for Winnipeg. Um, Dmitry Simashev is a Russian defender. Big, mobile, physical guy. The offensive game is kind of a work in progress, but there is upside there. Obviously, being a Russian player, where he ends up going is is a true wild card. I mean, I've heard him as high as the top 10, and I, I've heard him as low as the end of the first, right? So the, there's a very, very wide range of outcomes when it comes to him, but he's somebody that we really like at McKean's. Uh, he's our top-ranked defender going into the draft, so I think he would look good in a, in a Jets jersey if that's where they go. Along those lines, um, at 18, is it still what the Jets continuously say is the best player available um, as opposed to D or forward? Uh, Mark Hillier was speaking yesterday to the media and, mm-hmm. and, and Jets TV, and, and he was saying that we have our guy in mind that they think think might fall out of the top 10. And, and that really had me looking at the rankings because um, I'm wondering who and why that could be. Uh, do you think they still go with just best overall player? And is that something you suggest to all teams when you get to like 15, 16, 17, 18? Absolutely. I think you have to take the player that you think is going to be the best in the future, right? And if there's two or three guys that your scouts are kind of divided on, right? Um, you know, there's arguments in the war room as to who you're going to take. That's when I think you start to look at organizational strengths and weaknesses where you say, okay, like, you know, let's use that as the tiebreaker because your team, when that player is ready to contribute in two, three, four years, your team's going to look a lot different than it currently does, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think that's why you always look at taking the player that you think is going to be the best. Uh, you know, if, if we're looking at somebody who falls out of that range, I think the two centers that I mentioned in, in Nate Danielson and Oliver Moore are, are two guys that really, I think, would classify as the best player available and sort of help Winnipeg with having a really good two-way center down the middle for the future. Um, So those guys I I would look at as maybe fall candidates that could be in that range. Uh, Is the fun starting at number two here? I mean, do you kind of think that things are going to go sort of as expected? And and perhaps I can also ask you what number do you think uh, how things might go as expected and then kind of fall off the map? Yeah, uh, number one. And then after that, it's going to get crazy. Uh, look, if you had asked me this question about a week ago, I would have given you a totally different answer. I mm-hmm. think a week ago, people were kind of expecting it to be Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson Smith. And I think that was kind of not locked in, but that was the consensus. 
And now as we are a few hours out from the draft, there's a lot of chatter uh, about Mitchkov and you know how some of his interviews went well and maybe the fact that the Ducks prefer Leo Carlson over Adam Fantilli and then what happens there. So I think at this point, all bets are off. I, I, obviously, Bedard is going number one, and then after that, uh, it's going to get crazy. And, and that, that's great. I mean, that's great for guys like me who cover the draft because it brings excitement, it, it brings intrigue. It's great for the fans who, who like watching the draft because it gives people something to talk about. Um, so, I mean, that's the way, that's the way you want it to be, right? If it's completely set in stone, I'm not going to use the word boring, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's fun when it's unpredictable, right? Is Bedard can't miss? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, and I know that's a little, I know that's a dumb question. Trust me. Um, but like the days of, of a guy like this, uh, um, and I'll go back to Alexander Dagg, those days are over, aren't they? With the, this kind of talent, the way development is now. I would agree with that. I think that people just do so much homework. And then when you look at a kid like Bedard, yeah, he's almost like a manufactured robot, right? Like this yeah. is a player that has been conditioned to be a high in NHL player from a young age. You're not going to find somebody who works harder and is more dedicated to his craft than Bedard, right? It's that same line of thinking as the Sidney Crosby's, the Connor mm. McDavid's. Um, this is a kid that is so committed to being a high-end NHL player. I just can't see him not being one of the better players in the NHL. It's, it's where it, get, it reaches that tipping point, right? You know, there's so many people in the National Hockey League that are incredibly talented, but they don't have that same sort of commitment, eh, Brock, where it's like, I will do anything to get to this point, and nothing is going to stop me. And they have that. It's, it's where unbelievable talent also meets unbelievable work ethic and, and dedication, and an obsession-level dedication. Absolutely, and I think that's where you bring up previous draft disappointments, like your Alexander Dig, like your Nail Yakupov, yeah. right? And that's they just didn't have that dedication, that killer instinct that some of these guys, like your Crosby's and McDavid's, do have. Where not only are the are they the most talented players on the ice, but they're among the hardest workers on their team, and they set that example for the other players on their team as well. To me, he's by far the number one overall pick. But when I saw him at the combine, and I had no idea he was that like conditioned and ripped for that mm-hmm. for that age of a guy yeah i was i, I, was, I, was, then, I was then i went okay this kid's a can't miss because nobody works that hard at that age and not pan out like he is the he's in the body of a 24 year old man right it would have been easy for him to coast right it would have exactly been easy for him to just be like i'm going to rest on my skill level and then i'm going to figure out the rest when i get to the nhl level in terms of conditioning but this is a kid that obviously takes things so seriously and wants to be the best and and that's what separates him from, you know, uh, other previous draft disappointments. Yeah, hopefully we'll just have less Connors in the league as things go on. <laughs> hopefully that name is running its Connor course. league now. The, the league dominated by Connor. 18 years from now, we'll have Brock on, and every kid entering the draft will be named Connor. As long as we don't have same last names. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's things have, like, compliment. Connor then we have a society problem, Brock. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, we're just dealing. We got to deal with Kyle Connor, Connor Hellebuck, all that stuff here. But uh, Brock Otten, director of scouting. Hey, make sure you check Great out uh, the McKean's 2023 draft guide. Make sure you grab that uh, as well. Um, and uh, give Brock a follow at Brock Otten, B R O C K O T T E N. Great follow uh, on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Brock. I appreciate it. Okay, you take care and have fun tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Uh, enjoy. That was great. And McKean's is awesome. Like yeah. I've been doing McQueen or reading McKean's for a, a long time. I highly recommend it. It's worth your time if you're a hockey fan. Absolutely. Let's take a break. On the other side, let's come back. Well, the Jets GM telling NHL.com, Kevin Cheveldayoff, 
It's that time of year where you're always going to be looking. So is this going to be our only move, speaking about the trade yesterday? Probably not. Speculation running rampant. We're looking. We're searching. Got our eyes open. We're taking calls. We're kicking tires. I'm not not answering the phone, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> we'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, we're excited. I think that um, you know this trade is... You know, giving us lots of um, you know, different depth and, uh, and lots of uh, different um, variants within our organization. I think that uh, you know each of the players brings something uh, unique and, and specific to their games that uh, are going to give us uh, you know a much more, a much greater um, you know variety uh, for the coaches to be able to uh, to use and, and, and make uh, uh, you know make different uh, uh, concepts with. That was uh, general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Kevin Chivaldayoff, on Jets TV, talking, uh, giving some reaction uh, on the trade that took a long time. There was tons of moving parts, but finally the Winnipeg Jets did get it done, uh, trading Pierre-Luc Dubois to the L.A. Kings uh, for Gabe Velarde, who we had on the show at 1210. If you missed that, you can always find us in the CGOB Audio Vault. Just go to CGOB.com and go to the Audio Vault and go to 1210, and you'll find it today. Or you can download the podcast. The podcast is doing fantastic. Uh, you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. Just go to Jets at Noon, at like you're sending an email, Jets at Noon, and uh, find us and uh, give us a download. Would really, really appreciate that. Uh, but uh, part of that trade also, Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, um, as well as uh, Rasmus uh, Kupari, and then a 2024 second rounder uh, that was previously for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Jim, I know you were on with Hal Anderson earlier today, but... Um, you know your thoughts on the on on this trade. I mean, dude, when you we were kind of just taught when you look at the at the top six and the bottom six and where these players could sort of put themselves in over the next year or so. Is this does this team? And this is another crazy question to ask you, but I think a lot of Winnipeg Jets fans are thinking it. Does this team have the potential to be better? I do think so. Um, look, I said on Hal's show today. I, I think this is a good hockey trade if it's just a trade, like. Dubois, if you're, you know, you don't want to trade Dubois. He's 24 years old. He's a center. He's going to be a number one center. The, the Winnipeg Jets did not want to trade him. But That's if no you if that. you are going to sit down and go, okay, we need some some um, stability with contracts for two to three years. Uh, we're bringing in a center, a center winger, and another winger, and we're getting a second round pick. I, I think when you put in the parameters that Dubois was not going to be here, I think this is a home run. I, yeah. I don't think they'll get this many assets in other trades. I just don't. And I know that Connor Hellebuck might be dealt and you say, well, how do you not get four or five assets for him? Because I think you're going to get the quality of number one line people for him or, or pairings. And then the depth of a trade like this will not happen. Um, I don't know. Like I, I ended the year and people were trying to convince me shovel day won't do anything and they'll run it back again. I thought that was not true. Um, and to stick to his guns and get this uh, trade done where he's bringing in three assets and a pick, I just think for a guy who's going out the door, it's incredible. Yeah. To, to I mean, the Kings could have just as easily sat here and said, "Okay, well, go." Now they're not going to because they yeah. desperately wanted Dubois, but could have, okay, go back to Montreal and take their prospects. Exactly, and and this is a fantastic. Given the circumstances, cap, this cap is helped a, this too. Like the LA Kings are under the cap crunch. Yeah, absolutely, and there was a lot of help here. Things worked out, uh, but given the circumstances and the opportunity opportunities that were out there. This was a great haul for the Winnipeg Jets. Great haul. I also want to say, and I've said this a bunch of times, I'm going to continue to say it. If you then, if you are looking at this and expect similar 
similar returns for Mark Shifley or Connor Hellebach when they hit the market. You got to pump your brakes a little bit because the circumstances are so different with UFA status and all that sort of thing. Ages, current contracts, all that but stuff. But you're still going to get packages. You're, you're still, still going to gonna... get, and you're going to get good packages for them. You're going to fill holes you have. But just, I just want that to be known. Jim Toth is going to take you all the way until three o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forte, for producing the show as well. Most of Southern Manitoba and the entire Interlake region is under a tornado watch today. The alert popped up in areas stretching from the Saskatchewan border uh, to the Ontario boundary around one forty-five. So make sure you're keeping your eyes to the skies for that. We'll be back same time tomorrow. See you. Draft day. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB.